But once again, though, let's get back on subject here. Mike Valeni is your father figure. No, he is not. I will be your father. You love Valenti. Like, remember you were swagging Jack in some of his, his bits. That's who you get your swag off of. Not a father figure. Let us be your sports father figure on our podcast with swag on SoundCloud and iTunes at WHUTs after further review. Welcome back to 88.3 WHUTs. After further review, I'm here with Frank Bashner. I'm Derek Lawson here, and uh, we have a pretty good show here as we're talking about men and women's Final Four. Uh, it's April 1st, so. I mean, it's 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 pretty pretty crazy today, huh? What do you want to talk about first? Actually, let's talk about something here real quick before we actually get into this. Uh, the old, what? Why don't you like the bits? The bits are good. It's well, classic. I'd like to, get, like to get some fresh ones in here. I know you keep saying we keep saying we're gonna do it. We did get some fresh ones in here. We got father figure. Oh, I'm talking like uh, more recent. What do you mean more? What bit have we been doing has been more recent and good? Well, you said you got you've had one that's been, had something new for a commercial that's in the can, and I'm just like, okay, when's it gonna happen? But you gotta understand though, too, though those those classic commercials are really good, though. It's not nobody old, said they were, nobody said they were bad. Oh, okay, okay, just just getting it straight. So, which which ones do you want to? Which uh, final four you want to pick first, men or women? Well, since we, had, uh, since we had since we had two of them last night with the women's side, we'll start there. Okay, especially since we had a. Uh, Local ties and everything like that. Local ties and uh, to the second game and the first game, I kind of had a tie too. Mm-hmm. All right, go ahead. So obviously LSU beat Virginia Tech in the first game, and I I was actually texting with my uncle Mike, who lives in Louisiana, and he was and he told me that he actually coached against Kim Mulkey when she played softball. And by the way, your uncle is it your uncle Mike? Yeah. Okay. By the way, he is um he's from he lives in lives in Alexandria, Louisiana. He's seventy something years old because Kim Mulkey's close to her sixties. So yeah, and she how you like her uh, her swag on the court? <laughs> I would say that it's a one of one. One of one. She's always been like that though. Oh yeah, first time that LSU has been to the national championship game on the women's side. Actually, I think men and women. I think it's the first time that an LSU team is in the national championship. I know definitely for women. Yeah, because I know I know their men's team in 2006 made the Final Four. But not the national championship yeah, game. that's about as far as I remember their right. team going. Tyrus Thomas and I think Glenn Big Baby. Yeah, baby Shaq is well, what they called him. Big Baby. Yeah. Davis and them, and, them, and them boys. That's right. They ended up losing, I believe, to Florida. Yeah, and then that was the first of two from uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. Beat Ohio State in one of those. Yeah. Had the same five starters in both games. Yeah. Not, you don't see that nowadays in the men's game. So, uh, go ahead, though, about the first game. or Well, I mean, I only got to watch like a little bit here and there. So. I know Virginia Tech blew the lead. I, I, when I went to – I had to get a nap before work. I thought Virginia Tech was up by like 11 or 12. And I'm thinking, oh, they got this in the bag. And then I – Took a little nap, woke up, and I was like, LSU won. I'm like, what the? But obviously, LSU had a really great fourth quarter. I think they outscored them 29 to 13, I believe, in the fourth quarter and ended up getting the, the dub. Yeah. Trying to. 
You don't got the stats up right uh, That's what, what I'm, did I tell you? That's about what I'm doing. That's exactly what I'm doing. Always have the stats. That's what I was ready. in the process of doing. You should have been doing that during a commercial break. Yeah. So, yeah, it was a 79-72 final. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh, I think it was uh, Angel Reese who I think is their mm-hmm. their big uh, mm-hmm. twenty four points, uh, mm-hmm. twelve boards. So she had a really nice game. Hey man, that's for. I was surprised that Virginia Tech only ended up playing six players. Why? It's usually what usually happens. Yeah, usually, I just... I mean, most teams at this time, you shorten your bench, you play your best players, and it's go yeah. out and go. Well, I mean, I remember a couple of years ago when Notre Dame won the whole thing, I think Muffet McGraw only used seven players. That was due to injuries, Oh, though. yeah, well, that was injuries and stuff, but... But I think using six is even rarer. Well, Ohio State did that with that amount of a couple of his runs. I thought he went like seven deep. No, one year he went only six. Six six guys. Now, do I believe you need to go a little bit deeper? Yes, but when you get start to get those competitive juices flowing, usually if eight and nine aren't doing anything, they're doing more harm than good, well, guess what? You're not playing. Yeah. Yeah, so LSU will advance to play Iowa. And that one... Everyone said that Iowa-South Carolina was going to be the de facto national championship game. What, that one? And it lived up to the bill, didn't it? Oh, no. No question. And, I mean, uh, what I want to know is how would Caitlin Clark be able to play against a South Carolina team that has a tendency to pride themselves on defense mm-hmm. and has a huge advantage inside? Well, that that's what they went to. But, but by the way, though... Uh, uh, South Carolina can't shoot. Yeah, I could kind of tell that. How could you tell? I mean, even when I watched the game, I and they were they were having trouble shooting. I think they only went four for four for twenty from the log line for the whole game. Hmm. And but also, uh, how do you, one thing one thing that kind of bugs me is what's that? How do you how do you out rebound a team? 49 to 25 uh, and 26 to 5 on the offensive glass and still end up losing. Easy. You didn't make the baskets. I mean, it was yeah, pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, it's. And, and I mean, look, I, I could tell Iowa had a hard time checking out on defense. And that should have led to a ton of second chance points for South Carolina. Uh, but of course, you know. To Iowa's credit, they were able to limit them from putting it in the ball, putting the ball in the bucket on second chance opportunities. I'm trying to see what, trying to pull up to see what they have for second chance points, but they're not showing it on ESPN. I, I think though that I went and rewatched the game before we came into the studio, and I think that um, you got to give credit where credit is due. I know some people are criticizing Don Staley on the coaching and saying that Lisa Boulder, Bluter basically out coached her but I, I really think that when you get to this level of basketball two titans two great teams final four a lot of times the players are going to really decide the game you're going to come in with your strategy you're not going to try it. you might make some adjustments here and there but at the end of the day players play no matter what adjustments you make 
somebody's going to come out on top and going to execute very well. And Caitlin Clark, she just did her thing out there for, with 41 points. And there were different different defensive schemes at her. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I first was watching it, I noticed anytime time she gave it the ball, they tried to face guard her. They did that the whole game. They, yeah. they, they picked her up 94 feet. So people were out there saying, well, they should have went to a boxing one. Well, technically, they were guarding her 94 feet. I mean, that's, yeah. that's close enough to a boxing one. But then if you start to go to that, Clayton Clark's passing ability. She's we talked about this before the show. She's not just a volume shooter. You know, yeah. guys that can't really pass well, just volume shooters, guys that just chuck it up. Though when you play those gimmicky defenses, those work, or they don't really have a great supporting staff with them or a group of players, but you know, you can't be letting Gabby Marshall just get wide open looks for threes. Exactly. Zizano was driving, you know, rolling to the basket. She was finding her on the pick and rolls. They tried the best that they could. They, they threw five defenders at Caitlin Clark, actually. Yeah. Five of them. Even the Cardoza girl came out. The 6'7 girl came out on her. They did different pick and roll coverages on her as well. A hard hedge, blitz. Then they went to some of the, the drop coverage toward the end of the game. And like I said, if you want to watch a complete basketball player, whether you're men or women, you had to watch Caitlin Clark because they were getting the ball in her hands and she knew when to distribute it. And then she knew when also the shooting. Now, there was a couple of times she took a couple of shots where it was like, that's not a very good well, shot. Well, yeah, I mean, because what I've heard about her is they say she's never seen a shot that she doesn't like. You like that type of mentality, but she oh, does yeah. make them a lot of times. But, I mean, just her getting in the floor of the game and, and, and catching the defenders off guard, I mean, it was just it was just really a masterpiece. As you like to say, it was straight theater. Also, Zy Cook ended up having 18 points in the first half, ended up with 24, only six. Um, you know, local girl. She did really great things. Won a national championship last season. Uh, I think third team All American. I believe led the team in scoring at fifteen point two points per game. Um, some people were saying that they should have ran more stuff for her in the second half. I think really Iowa made a lot of adjustments with her. Um, I I could get more deeper into the game. You know, they they did try to run some stuff for her off of some some staggered. Uh, screens from from the left side to the right side, um, but then again, though I think that the major factor, I think that reason why South Carolina lost was they were able to take Aaliyah Boston out of the game. Yeah, they I, had the size to match up with their and multiple girls to throw at her. I mean, it was really a battle between the last two AP National Players of the Year. Caitlin Clark won it this year. Aaliyah Boston won it last year. Yeah, because I mean, I even noticed that when. That when if South Carolina tried to get the ball to the post, I mean they had a hard time doing so because I was pretty much fronting Boston and uh, what what's her name Cardoza uh, Cardoza yeah yeah they they were getting it in the paint but I I mean here's the thing and it, it you see things differently as a coach you could tell who's a fan of the game and who really studies the game and who's really a coach. You got to understand, you can't, when you get that far in the tournament and you're that talented, you've won, you're undefeated through the whole season, right? I think they were 38 and 0. 30, 30, 36. Uh, yeah, 36. 36 and 0. Yes, they were 36 and 0. You can't really change up your defenses. You can't change up your philosophies that much. They like, they have post players, they have tall players. They like to invite people in the paint. They're going to block your shot. I mean, this team is just very talented. I think Iowa came out with a really great game plan. But 
you could have the greatest of game plans against a very talented team and still come up short. For them, the players to go out there and have the confidence to go out there and execute it, man, I would just tip my cap to both the coaching staff and the players. Now, the one disturbing thing I did see with South Carolina is, and I seen this in the tournament earlier, but Maryland, in the day of the age of shooter shoot, how do you not have any shooters? I want I want not be able to hit. I mean, and I mean, literally, I actually I, I filmed some of the stuff for you, Frank. I can send it to you because on, on air here, Caitlin Clark didn't even guard her girl. She even waved. I even have it on film. She waved at her and said, "I'll let you shoot that." That's 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 just totally disrespect. Well, I mean, some I mean, sometimes you have. I to, mean, if you can't shoot, you can't shoot. That's yeah. I mean, well. I mean, sometimes if you're playing sagging man, you got to do that. It's like, hey, if they want to go and go and shoot from from three point land when they haven't been doing that, if it gets in, then oh well, you you make the adjustment, you start guarding them. Yeah, that that is that is totally true. And like I said, uh, three thirty. I'm a little upset that the game's at three thirty on Sunday. Yeah. It's on ABC. Normally, though, it's at 8 o'clock prime time on ESPN. This Today, they put it on basically on the NBA, usually Sundays. NBA, you know, NBA basketball will be playing even on their regular season ending next week. Um, 3.30, not a bad slot, but I would probably love to have it if it was on Sunday at prime time. I, I get that, but I mean, I, I think I'm glad they're actually putting it on network TV. Well, I would rather it on network TV at 8 o'clock. Yeah. That, 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 that to me, would have been great. To me, just to me, but no, I, I thought the game was great. You know, um, women's action. Um, I didn't get to see the Bird and Tarasi show from the Final Four. The other thing I also didn't particularly like as well um, was the fact that it was late, nine o'clock. It actually didn't really game didn't get start till nine thirty. Yeah, because the first well, because the first game didn't start till seven o'clock. Right, and I would have I would have liked to start at like more like six. Yeah, six o'clock would have been because I, the only reason why I say that is because I work midnight, so you you know how it is with my schedule. Yeah, um, you know, but I like I said, I I, I thought it was a great game. Um, it was it was at American Airlines Center. Actually, um, attendance was nineteen thousand two hundred eighty eight. Full capacity. Um, was it at an American Airlines Center? Yeah. I just okay. Said that. that's, oh, sorry. Yeah, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't catch that. My bad. And which is crazy is that the men's at Houston, women in Dallas. Do you think, I've thought about this and I've asked, I haven't really asked many people this. Should they have the men and women's Final Four in the same city? Hmm. Believe it or not, I've thought about that a couple times. Because, you know, for one, you have everything right there. Maybe you can offer a special ticket package where you can say, hey, you know, oh, go to all, attend all games. Mm-hmm. Be fun. It would be it would be fun. But the, thi- the thing is, is the men always have their games in football stadiums. Yeah, women have done that before. Did mm-hmm. the women do theirs at Lucas Oil once? I believe so. UConn, I remember, had won a couple championships in a stadium. So, okay, because I wasn't sure if they. I wanted to say they've done it in Lucas Oil and I believe the RCA Dome. Yes, the old, the old, the old RCA, RCA Dome. Dome. 
I keep thinking they played on it. I want to say they played on a Tropicana field, too. I think so, yes. Well, well, I'll I could, look that up. I, yeah, I could be wrong about that. But. So that's not a problem because most people say, well, well, they play in those big old stadiums. Eh, that's not a problem. The, women, the women's game has played that as well. I think they've also played at the uh, old Metrodome as well. Yeah. So, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I think people would say, well, they won't be attended. Did you see how well attended the game was last night? You said it was was nineteen thousand plus. Mm-hmm. Look at look at ticket prices on the secondary market. The women's final four tickets are more expensive than the men's. Does that tell you something? Well, I think it's also because um, because obviously the, the, they're the known teams. I mean, think yeah. about it. Who do you, who do you know on Miami? Florida Atlantic plays in an arena that only sits two thousand people. Yeah. That's almost as mid major as mid major can get, you know. I mean, I mean, let's let's, let's be honest about that. Yeah. UConn is a big name, but this is Danny Hurley coming back from a rebuilding a program for you. You know, UConn was a couple years ago was at the yeah because they were the Big East. Well, actually, they were at the bottom of the American as well. That's right, the American, and then they yeah, went back, back to, to the, the Big, big East. East. Right. <laughs> Even though I think they're the only non, I think they're the only non-religious school that's in the Big East now, because every other Big East school is Catholic or. Well, it was always like that. Well, oh yeah, I remember that. that. Yes, back in the days of mm-hmm. the the Big East, its golden era. Mm-hmm. It's a shame that that's gone away. Right. Excuse me. But um, so you can do that. Um, now I do know that maybe it'd be too congested and crowded because you have the coaches conferences as well. Yeah, that's very true, and it, it probably would be a headache. So it probably is good. Now you know that the women's Final Four will be in Cleveland next year. Oh, at Rocket Mortgage. Mm-hmm. All right. And I think the men are going to be in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. So they'll actually be playing at the giant Roomba mm-hmm. at Allegiant Stadium. Oh, they're at the Allegiant Stadium. Yeah, oh, they, that's right in Vegas. Yes. Yeah, because they well they have the uh, the West Regional at T-Mobile Arena. Yes, in O two, the Connecticut Huskies beat Oklahoma at the Alamo Dome. Oh yeah, San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. and Tennessee and Duke with the other ones in that in that Final Four. Then the next year, Connecticut won again in the Georgia Dome. The old Georgia Dome. Yeah, the old Georgia Dome. So, but, but before then, it was at different arenas. Then it went to New Orleans Arena in 04. Then in 05, when Kim Mulkey and Baylor won, it was in the RCA Dome. Yeah, that was when they played Michigan State. Right. Then in 2010, um, I believe, yes, they did play Michigan State. By the way, Michigan State just hired Robin Fralick. Yeah, that's a good hire. That is a good hire. I but but, but how soon before you want her to be fired? I'm not know, gonna. I'm not gonna do you that. Like the fire people. No, I'm not you, gonna. You really not. like the fire? I, only if there is clear ineptitude after a long time. I'm not gonna do. Mm, I don't know, Frank. You're really quick to hit the fire button. Only if uh, only if you are doing things that are egregiously bad. Right. Also in 2010, when Connecticut beat Stanford, they was in the Alamo Dome. And I don't think it's been in the Dome since then. No. No. Yeah, because the only other places I remember. No. In 2021, the Alamo Dome. Oh. Stanford. Yes, the Alamo Dome when Stanford beat Arizona. So 
So two years ago, it was in the Alamo Dome. So it is possible now. Well, I think that was also during COVID. Either way, who cares? Because basically in a bubble in Texas. That's true. Yes. That's, that because I know the men are basically all in places in Indiana. Right, right, right. And uh, in 2020, it was actually, I believe, let's see. Here. It was canceled. No, no, no. Actually, in, in 2020, it looked like it was played in no, Wendell, was, Arizona. No, it was actually canceled in 2020 because of COVID. What, that's not what it says here. No, it was, it was supposed to be played in Glendale. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, because tw- that was because that was why they shut everything down because of COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Let me see. No, it says here in 2020 it was uh, UConn who won in Glendale, Arizona. I can't be right. Yeah, that's what it says here. Well, because it because they shut everything. That was because it was in March. They shut everything down and canceled the tournaments. Right, right. So. April Fool's. <laughs> nice. Okay, let's. I had to. I just. It was April Fool's. Any other time, you know. <laughs> You're right. It, obviously, they were about to get it. Actually, they canceled a lot of the uh, conference tournaments. That's because of COVID. But, yes, April Fool's. There you go. Now, the next few sites here are already up till 2031. So, next season, Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse, as we talked about earlier, is in 2024. In 2025, Amelia Arena in Tampa. Emily Arena? Emily. Okay, sorry. Yes, home of the Tampa Bay Lightning. Foot, Footprint Center in Phoenix. Nationwide Arena. Oh, back in to Columbus. Columbus. So 24 and 27 is going to be Ohio. Ohio. Didn't, didn't Columbus host it when Notre Dame won yes, it? Yes, back in 2018. Yes, that is right. Also, they, they host a lot of Final Four or NCAA turn not Final Four, but first, first, like first round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did for the men's this year. Right. I'm surprised that they haven't gone to Dayton. Over because Dayton's a great arena for for some Final Four action, and they love basketball. Yeah, it's just uh, basically all like opening round games. Well, for the women though. Oh, then Gangbridge Fieldhouse, Indianapolis. Uh, yep, and then twenty twenty nine, the Alamo Dome. <laughs> That's gotta be called Maid's Day. So as I said before, they could have men and women. At the same location, but I'm pretty sure a lot of people want they want their own location and all that. And I think that for that city, they'd be too overwhelming. I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah. Well, I for the men's game, probably not because the way how much parity it is in the men's game, you might get a, a team that doesn't get a lot of people. But if the blue bloods from both men and women teams are there, that's a, I mean, that's a lot of coin. But we don't see it happening. And then after that, it'll be in Portland in 2030 at the Moda Center. Then, guess where it'll be in 2031? The $5 holler. No. Okay, I just wanted to, I was just guessing. The Huntington Center. That's an April Fool's (laughs) joke. Come on, don't. (laughs) April Fool's. No. But they should look in the Little Caesars Arena, though. That would be another place, good place to host it. Um, no, it'll be back at the American Airlines Center. Okay. Yeah, well, they need to put the $5 holler in the rotation. Well, maybe, I know. Maybe even the Huntington Center. Well, I, the only time I know the Huntington Center has hosted any college action was when they hosted uh, the NCAA hockey tournament, tournament a few, few years back. Now, I remember Savage Arena hosted some women's final, uh, not final four, first two, to, first two, two rounds. rounds. Yes, I remember. Notre Dame. And, I think, weren't you with them? Yes, yes, I, I was there. It, it was... Arizona State and Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and then Notre Dame mm-hmm. and uh, 
What a David the Man of God Harris's pet teams, Bobby Bo. Oh, yes, yes. So the Final Four championship games are set for the women, Iowa, and LSU. Talk a little bit about the men here and your pet peeve. Well, so obviously the men, you've got Florida Atlantic and San Diego State. Raise your hand if you thought one of those two was going to make the national championship game. No. Didn't think so. No. <laughs> and then no. the other one, UConn and Miami. Now, did you think those guys would make it? That's I will I will say there was a part of me that was thinking UConn was going to make it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Basically because they have uh, they I thought they were kind of underseeded. Mm-hmm. And I thought they had favorable matchups, and lo and behold, they get to the final four. And I mean, I remember telling you and David in our group chat, I said, I think UConn's going to win it all. You said that to us? Yeah. When they got, when the final four was pretty I said, UConn's your national champion. Because mm-hmm. I think, because for one, I don't think Miami has, I mean, look, that's probably, I think UConn Miami's probably your de facto national championship game. De facto, but. It could be a dud, though. Yeah. Keep going. Because, I mean, UConn, they've got guard play with Jordan Hawkins, their big guy, Adama Sanogo. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I don't think Miami has anybody to match up with those two. Right. You know, and then as for Florida Atlantic and San Diego State, I've, I'd love to see San Diego State win it all just because friend of the show, John Vandekeve, has introduced me to one of their staffers, Al Schaefer. Mm-hmm. Or I've had conversations with Al in the past, so hoping the Aztecs pull it out, but I think it's probably going to be them and UConn, and I think UConn's just got too much. So what's your other pet peeve, though? Here, this is something I was listening to on a, on a podcast and mm-hmm. said that the authenticity of college sports seems to be gone. You think so? Uh, well, with... Why is it? Why is it gone? NIL transfer portal. I mean, look look at the teams there. You look at let's look, look at Miami. Mm-hmm. They, per, I mean, look. They've been talked about how they use NIL so much. I know. What's up, the Cody Stangill? Stanfield, yeah. Stanfield. Hey, Cody. Mm-hmm. And they pretty much, and a lot of their, and some of their best players, Nigel Pack. He was a transfer. Mm-hmm. North Chad O'Meara, their big guy, transfer. Her best player from San Diego State transfer. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? Nothing. I don't. I mean, no, look, I don't look. Let, let me that. just put it out there. I have. I'm all for player movement and NIL, but it seems like that it's tur- it's gotten to the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll get to more of that in a moment because I mean, even going back to Kansas State, hey. I heard not a single player on their roster was recruited by Kansas State. All of them were transfers. I, I mean, I guess I don't see nothing wrong with well, that. Well, I mean, I mean it's, that's it's, a th- it, it is what it is. I mean, I'm, well, I, I guess there's a part of me that believes that look, if you're gonna go somewhere to play college ball, you go, you learn the system, you get better, and then. You go and give it your best try and win it all. But some of these, it's like, hey, I'm going to go. I'm going to start. Oh, I don't like it. Transfer. 
I go somewhere else. Transfer. But I, I think that's a blanketed statement, Frank. You're, you're, you're not being fair. And I think there's more to the transfer portal than it. it, it I think it's a bad, um, what is it called? Not a bad look, but a bad assumption to think that every kid that transfers just can't handle it in their week. Oh, I'm not, I, I, well, let it be clear. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's the case for everybody. Mm-hmm. I understand. And there are situations that are legitimate, like they want to be closer to family. I, I get, I get that, and I understand that, and I respect that fully. But it's the case. But it's a lot. But you see, guy that Michigan just landed from the portal, who was at Alabama. Mm-hmm. He's on his third stop now. He was at Texas Tech. Then he says, Bama, and then Michigan. He, so is it the kids' fault? Or is it more or less they need people need to do better recruiting? I think it's a case of where both things can be true. Okay. I mean, sometimes it is it may be the player. Like if you're you go somewhere and then oh, okay, I'm gone. Go somewhere else. And then you're don't like something else happening. You go somewhere else. Well, how old are these teams? Remember, we talked about this earlier in the show that a lot of the teams that are doing well are the ones with great chemistry and they're older. Exactly. I mean, sometimes sometimes that can it can, I said keyword can not all the time, it can disrupt team chemistry. I mean, sometimes, I mean, some cases you do have to bring that mercenary in where you bring you bring a couple you bring a couple guys in, make your roster better, provided that they don't have too much going on between the ears. Well, let's That's be let's, let's be honest here, Frank. There's I think the reason why there's a lot of, of, of the transfer portal starts with, I believe, it's just me, just my perspective, from social media. You get these kids that are good early on, and you get people that don't know basketball, don't know what they're talking about, getting in these kids' ears, blowing up their social media. The kids think they're really good. Let's just be honest. You're good enough to play the game at the, a higher level, but to stay there, you got to put in a lot of work. And for some of these kids, it does come up easy for them. But then again, also too, I do believe there's some coaches out there that don't do their homework. They don't diligently watch the kid play. There's a lot of lazy coaches out there. I'll tell you that right now that just go to some recruiting service and tell me who who's good. Oh, that kid looks good. Or, you get coaches where, oh, well, there's six or seven guys recruiting him. He must be good. I'll put my name in the hat, too. i never seen the kid play. And they want the kid to come there, and, you know, you game the kid or whatever, and you come to find out it's not a really good fit. Mm. I, I think that's where it all starts. And a lot of times, I don't really think it's all about talent. I think it's all about fit as well. Um, but you got also got to understand, too, and, I, and the, the thing that's disturbing is, this is it could become like Major League Baseball where – as a coach, you don't want to bring in a young guy. And, and, and this, this has happened to the Rockets. I'll tell you this right now. You bring in a young guy, you develop him, right? Yeah. He's there. Let, let's say the first year, this kid doesn't play. Okay. You go and get in the gym, get him all good. The next year, it gets tremendously better. You got a better diet. They know how to do their work life balance as far as, you know, the academics. 
and basketball life, and then they transfer. So now, do you want to be that school that is basically the minor league system of the of college basketball, or do you want to be getting in the professionals? Mm. Obviously, you want to be with the big boys. Right. So now what's going on is that they don't really want to recruit high school kids because un- unless you're a Mickey D's All-American and you know you coming in, but then here's the problem. Then you start dealing with the one and done stuff. Yeah, I mean, uh, well, I mean, that's one thing that uh, I, I, was I mean, listening. UT has benefited from the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, I was that's one thing I was listening to uh, to Rico Beard's podcast. He said that the the uh, the transfer portal has kind of become that new version of a one and done. Where you might well in some in some cases like where you might get well, but the difference is with the one and done you lose the kid completely. Whereas a lot of times you can replace that person with either just the same or better talent. If you think about it, to be really honest with you, not to mention a one and done is a very 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 special player, very special. Like Brandon Miller for Alabama, he's really special. Um, but it. it for a coach, the transfer portal, you can replenish your lineup. Now, I do think it sucks. Here's the one thing that sucks is that when a coach leaves and then the new coach comes in, a lot of kids leave and transfer, and you got to basically replenish your uh, uh, basketball roster. Like the in the women's game with the Buffalo coach, she had to basically, after Leggett Jack left, almost the whole team left. I do think, though, Frank, I will say this. I wish, I think that, I think you get one free pass transferring. Then after that, you got to face the penalty. What do you think about that? I think that's fair. I don't think there should be a lot of multiple, tra- you know. The, yeah. You know, because after a while, is it really, is it them or is it you? Yeah, you're, I, I agree. I can agree with that fully. Hey, where you get... Where you, you can't have guys jumping from one team to another year by year by year. And I also think, too, um, you're going to have to look at also um, the, the NILL. That's going to be another That was another factor. thing I wanted to hit on. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned well, you look at Miami and what they, what they do with NIL. What do they do? Please I mean, they you. offer... They're pretty much all getting big buck NIL deals to their basket to both their basketball teams, not just their men's team, their women's team as well. Yeah, the the the, the twins they have. Yeah, but what's wrong with NIL though? Oh, here I see. I've I'll say it again. I don't have an issue with NIL. I'm for players getting paid, but here, but here's why I think has happened. The you, you realize? <coughs> excuse me. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. The NCAA, you know, the NCAA fought tooth and nail against it, went all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court, and when they got struck down, they basically just threw their hands in the air and said, okay, y'all want to get paid? Go at it. We're not going to regulate it. And there's a part of me that believes that since we're seeing it turn into the Wild West. Well, yeah, but they are afraid. We see what happens when the NCAA tries to regulate stuff. It gets nowhere. So what are you, what are you trying to regulate here? Well, now we're seeing the opposite extreme. What's that? Hey, where you're seeing all these NIL deals coming in, seven figures, 
or even more, or you're basically able to buy players in a sense. And now I think what the NCA is secretly hoping is that you're going to see the administrators from universities coming in and say, help me, I'm poor. But the universities aren't paying the money, though. I, I know, but well, they're just going to... How does it help me, I'm poor? Well, the university's that, not paying you. The NIL it's not, not that kind of, sense. It's, they're, just t- they're just saying, you know what, we're tired of, of our, our athletes getting plucked, hucked away because it's... It's turned into pro sports free agency. The people that are mad are the blue bloods because now teams, now it's even playing field. There's a lot of schools out there. They have that one big booster or or a couple boosters that got some bread and they say, you know what? I want to donate this money or I'll create this business and you be a sponsor and I can give you this money here. Now look at it. The NILL is pretty much leveled the playing field. Now you're seeing the Florida Atlantics. Yeah, the ins- Oops, sorry. What's that? Yeah, is it the vacuum? Nah. <laughs> yeah, so now, if you really think about it, Frank, now the playing field is leveled. That's why we have the Final Four that we have with the Florida Atlantics and stuff like that. You know what? The, and you N- know, the NCAA doesn't want it. I'll tell you why. Because it takes the eyeballs off the television. Think about it. This is probably going to be one of the lowest rated NCAA Final Fours. It started off great. Yeah. I Everybody mean, had the upsets. You know, you want one or two upsets. Like I've said before, the reason why Mac is not a two-bid league is because they want teams to be evenly matched because every game's on television. But the problem is now, uh-oh, we got this NIL money coming in here, and certain schools know how to manipulate it, or they got some rich backers back there. Now it's starting to even the playing field. Now the NCAA is like, well, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. When it comes time for the, the eyeballs to watch the product, I'm putting my best product out there. And you're noticing with the women's game, mm, the, the stars and the stars are playing on the big stage. And here we got these guys, and people aren't very interested. I mean, when is it that you've seen the Final Four and a ticket doesn't sell for face value? Huh. Probably never. Never. So will people step in? Yeah. I can see people stepping in, but I, I, I really think that I do like the NIL. Like I said, the university is not paying the athletes. It's obviously, they're getting a different source from someone. Now, what I don't like is this, and I see why the coaches are leaving. I've mentioned this before on the show. Yeah. NIL kind of owns you. You're handcuffed. You're trying to recruit a kid. And let's be honest. Kids, parents, everybody knows that they can live a better life. What you offering? Well, I can set you up with this sponsor. Well, I'm over here at School B, and School B is going to set me up with this sponsor, and they're going to give me this much money. Now it's like, okay, now another problem. What if the kid doesn't turn out exactly like they're supposed to? What do you do? What? I would say there would be someone say, you know what, Uh, tell them. Yeah, you're not welcome here because I think you've kind of seen that with some of these, some of these coaching hires. I mean, look at Rick Pitino takes over at St. John's. He told pretty much nine players that all but one player. It's like you're good at basketball, you can play, but you just can't play here. Well, they don't fit his style. Yeah, I mean, but that that doesn't have anything to do with nil. What's that got to do with nil? 
And I think that he's being honest with them. Now, do I think that coaches should come in and say, you know what, you're my players. We'll see what we can work with. And you have, I think, as a coach, if the kid can't play talent-wise, then you got to let the kid know, hey, I don't think your talents or capabilities are, are up to snuff here at this this level. Maybe going to a D2 a school or maybe a lower division uh, level, Division One school might help you and I'll help you get there, still get to play college basketball. But if you're just getting rid of the guys because you don't think it fits your style, I think as a coach, you got to come in and kind of be an amoeba. And, 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 and you're always, coaches always say, I'm always trying to learn and have growth. I think that's the biggest crack of BS line that I've heard from some coaches because some coaches are stuck and know what type of player they want to recruit. They, they're stuck in what type of system they want to run. They don't want to learn or anything and expand their mind. And I think for Rick Patino, maybe some of those kids don't fit because of talent, maybe don't fit because of, of culture. But if to say that, you know, I'm just getting rid of you because you, you don't fit the style I like to play, well, you know, that's kind of shame on him. But the fact of the matter is at the end of the day, Still, what are you gonna? What if there's a kid on that team that has a, a big? That's probably where things start to get sticky. Okay, what do you answer the question? What do you do? Uh, you got two options bite the bullet and deal with it, or Greg Sailor. Hey, Greg, bite the bullet, or what you bite the bullet and deal with it, or you uh, tell a booster, say. Look, this kid you're sponsoring has no talent, and, and you're gonna have to either you're gonna have to tell you're gonna have to do something here. But more than likely, it's probably gonna be you just bite the bullet and deal with it. So now you start losing. Then what? Then you're then you're basically in a real deep doo doo. So that's why you see why the coaches are leaving. Yeah, that's why that's why I think Jay Wright got out of it. Yeah, because you you can't just go to the booster and say, well, you know. The guy, I don't think he can, he's going to cut it in, in college basketball. Now the booster owns you. Yeah. Because before, why. you didn't have to worry about that. Kid ain't that good. You're on the bench. Either you're going to get better or you're going to get out. But now, if you bring in a kid and the kid is making some big money, the booster is going to be looking at you. Well, you're the coach. You better develop him. And then if you don't develop him, then it's your fault. Then you start losing. It's your fault. I mean, fault. that's part I mean, look at all the coaches that have gotten out. Jay Wright got out. I mean, Mike Krzyzewski got out. Roy mm-hmm. Williams got out. Granted, mm-hmm. the latter two were probably on the back nine of their careers. That's why That's why I think event, eventually I think that's possibly why Tom Izzo might retire down the road because there will be there's going to be boosters that are going to come in and, and basically he's going to say, you know what, I'm tired of this crap. I'm done. That's what. That's where I think he's. That's why I think he might end up retiring. Really? Yeah. That's why I think he's good on his well, own a lot terms. Of them are going to be re- retiring. They are. A lot of them are going to be retiring. Yeah. So that'll be some. That's going to be. That's going to be something to watch in the next few years. Mm-hmm. But as, for, I would say, as for getting back to the games, I think that. Um, I think FAU's run comes to an end. San Diego State, I think it's just too good defensively. Mm-hmm. And then UConn wins it, and then you'll see an SDSU-UConn national championship game. Mm-hmm. UConn will probably win it. And the ratings are going to be ass. <laughs> you, you had to say it, huh? Well, 
Unless you're unless you're in San Diego or in stores, Connecticut, there's not going to be that. But UConn room. brings a little bit of a fan. Well, base. yeah, they do. I mean, they're they're. I don't want. I don't want to. There's a party that wants to say that they're they're a blue blood, but they're. All, I don't think they are because they're. UConn's pretty one of those feaster famine programs, where they're going to either win it all mm-hmm. or they just. Peter out, and or other years they just go kaput. Right, right. So, what are the ratings going to be? Ass. <laughs> yes, fart noises. Really, you think it's going to be ass? <laughs> Why? <laughs> given to how they, given to how how they've gone uh, throughout the tournament, and I don't think they're gonna. It's gonna be very well watched, especially on the East Coast, when it doesn't start till nine thirty at night. Do you? It could be if, if UConn's in it, will they do it? I mean, I don't think it'll drop. I don't think it's going to drop severely. But if UConn loses, then well, if we have Miami and uh, SDSU or FAU, who's going to be watching outside of the state of Florida? Unless you're a college basketball junkie. That's true. I, I guess I, if it's an all Florida matchup, then yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah, it's just going to be bad. I, but it, you're right. I, I do think it's going to be ass. Uh, but I, I think the best, what is it, the best one's probably going to be UConn and San Diego State probably. Yeah. Because it's cross country. Um, and UConn is a blue blood. They might show a lot of Jim Calhoun and stuff, uh, shots of him as well. But you're right. It's, it's going to be bad. Final thoughts? Well... It'll be interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. and tonight. And uh, as also Jared Jansen has joined us. Oh. Athletic he, director at SMCC. He put, I'm here. <laughs> kind of it tonight. All right, and maybe Monday night, but I got to go to I gotta go to work, so. Tonight? No, not tonight. Uh, Sunday. Yeah, so, so well, you'll it's Monday night. Monday night. Oh, Monday night. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, that's right. The final men's is final, but you'll be able to watch the women hit, right? Uh, I got to work Sunday. I might, ca- I may mm-hmm. only catch the end of it because I'm planning on getting out of work early because I got a baseball meeting. You're doing a lot of baseball meetings. Oh yeah, we're going over the postseason rules test. Mm, okay. Uh, coming up next. Speaking of baseball, we're going to talk a little bit about opening day and the new rules for it, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's gone, and I think it might actually be some good. Mm. Okay. As I said before, Caitlin Clark was just amazing, and uh, there was nothing much you can do. Boxing one, triangle two, they basically... Diamond and one. Diamond, yeah, diamond and one is like a boxing one, but basically the woman's just such a phenomenal basketball player. I just don't think any of the junk defenses were going to work. And uh, like I said... South Carolina had a hell of a season, 36-0. and Now they just had one loss. You knew it was going to happen. Oh, yeah. When we return, talk a little bit Major League Baseball. That and more on 88.3 WCs after further review.